Hey, it's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason Odell. I'm Rick Walker. Good to be back with all of our listeners this week. And um, fun times uh, starting to turn into the, at least for some of us, that we can sort of see the writing on the wall for the end of summer already. Yeah. It occurred to me that our last snow was not even four months ago. Our next snow won't it was be about far away. No, I have a feeling that, that yeah. it's coming. But this is a nice time of year in Colorado and a lot of places. Just, it is. Uh, we, it's, it's pretty nice. So um, we're looking forward to that. Um, what are we going to talk about this week, Rick? Well, we've got one main topic where we're going to talk a little bit about computers for photography. Both of us have upgraded our desktop computers here in the last six months. And so we'll just talk a little bit about our thought processes. And you know, we'll say this again, but we're not IT guys. No. We're really not IT guys. So our interest is more along the lines of having something that works, works quickly enough and is reliable and the interest kind of drops out off after that. Right. So just keep that in mind when we talk right. about the computer. Kind of like things to look for. And if you're if you're in this boat of considering an upgrade mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. what should you be getting in these days and some configurations that we've messed with. Um, and then also go ahead i was going to say we're, we're going to mention a, a a real recent software update a new sort of a new product but not really yeah and it's topaz photo ai and we'll talk more about that but i'll just say our initial reaction to it and i've had a little bit more time working with a beta of it it is damn good but we'll just do a few minutes today and then talk more about right. it in a week or two after we have more time with it, mm -hmm. but it, it looks awesome so far. And let's see, oh, what else? The other thing is this is more of a thing to watch for in our upcoming podcasts. Um, we've had a chance to play a little bit with the Nikon slash Tamron 28 to 75 to eight. And um, that wasn't one that was high on our interest list. But I'll just say, as a teaser, it looks like it's very nice in infrared. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the, and we're going to be using that lens down in Tucson for some infrared shooting that we'll be doing. So mm -hmm. we'll be able to kind of put it through right. its paces and let everyone know what we think. Yeah, kind of. We were able to get our hands on one because it's not a lens that you or I really needed it in terms of our normal kit no. um, and and the price tag frankly is a little bit steeper than i wanted to although it's on sale right now it's been discounted by about 200 dollars, so it's putting it into the into the 995 range instead of the 1200 dollar range so yeah. it's a little bit better at least in the at least in the u.s and the eu i think in the uk too but i'm not i'm not positive but the price has improved a little but anyway we'll talk more about that in a week or two. Yeah, we'll have a more thorough uh, chance to test it, at least yeah. in the infrared uh, side of the house. Yep. Okay, so this uh, quickly, this Topaz software is called Photo AI, and it really is sort of the merging of their three standalone plugins, the uh, Sharpen AI, Noise AI, Denoise, yeah. Denoise AI, and the Gigapixel AI, right? I mean, it, it sort of fuses all of these things together into one, one interface, which I think is a great idea because you can choose to 
to turn on or turn off. And I and I think if there was one area that I struggled with with the Topaz plugins, it was just the workflow. Do I want to use denoise? Do I want to use sharpen? Because the sharpen had some noise removal features in it, and the denoise had some uh, sharpen features in it. And then gigapixel. And those two things are highly interactive just to begin with. Right. They're 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 so well, you know, they're they're so enmeshed, if you will. Yeah. Um, so this puts it all in one one package. Um, and it just and if you're um, resing up a photo, you're increasing the dimensions of it, there are sharpening considerations that come in there too. Correct. So it, it just makes a tremendous amount of sense to have them together where you can see all the effects, the effects simultaneously. It has some really nice um, automation features that make it really easy. And I'll just say that when I put my first images through it, which I'd done other ways before, I was amazed at how much better they were. Yeah, you it's, sent me some comparisons that were just, not it even was close. night and day. You know, not even close. Um, I always like to say that I like to be able to get the most out of my sharpen and noise reduction straight out in Lightroom. But in this case, the results suggest if you have tricky images that need either sharpening or denoise or both, um, never mind the upresing piece for a moment, this product looks outstanding. And keep in mind the sharpening also includes things like recovering from focus errors or motion mm -hmm. blur. Right. This thing is amazing. So we'll talk more about it in the future. But, you know, our at this point, it's only about a day's worth of experience yeah. with the production version. But, oh, my gosh, I think we're going to be recommending this to pretty much everyone. Well, and then you have one plug in instead of three. And that's mm -hmm. that's nice. Um, yeah. So we'll, and, we'll have to think about how we incorporate it into the existing workflow. I have an idea, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, try to go through with that so that's cool um and by and the it, way it appears to just smoke dxo from what i saw oh wow okay i haven't done yeah. that test yet but it, it okay. won't produce a dng but it's not even close so pretty happy interesting More stuff okay very good um so let's talk about computers because if you're a digital photographer a computer has always been part of your kit <laughs> whether you want it to be or not yeah it's 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 a mandatory thing and you know we both came up through the ranks when computers were you know every year there was newer better faster um and the good news is that for you know the overwhelming majority of people um it, who aren't doing photography my goodness i mean in any low-end computer these days is more than adequate for for you know everyday use you don't need fancy configurations with tons of memory and you know all kinds of crazy stuff but if you're a photographer we tend to skew towards the other side where you want a little bit more um, processing power uh you want a little bit you're going to definitely need to think about storage because your photos have to be stored and backed up potentially whatever um and so the good news is is that the upgrade cycles have slowed down a lot I mean, I would, I would say, mm -hmm. you know, it used to be, I would get a new computer every three years um, for, for my business because, well, I could, but that was a good, 
it was a, a it seemed like a, a nice time to do it. So mm-hmm. the question I think we should start with, Rick, is when is it time to start thinking about maybe getting a newer computer? Because it's not like, is it a need? Is it a want? Right. There's <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah, and the yeah. want side, you can always do. Right. <laughs> sure. When, when is it time to start thinking about a new machine? Well, in my own case, um, I found that a good time to replace my desktop computer is when my 10-year-old desktop computer completely died. <laughs> and, and, and that's usually not where you want to be, right? I mean, you no, kind of try I, to avoid that. I'd been kind of pushing it and using my laptop, which, you know, had reasonable horsepower for a while because I was waiting for Apple to come out with a, a desktop computer that I really wanted, and it wasn't quite available mm-hmm. when the old one died. No, that makes um, sense. But beyond that, you know, because that, that's a really obvious one and not the one you really want to have. Beyond that, I think, you know, a couple factors that can change things. One, the resolution of the cameras that you're using can affect things. Things like Lightroom or Capture One, not so much because of the way they operate, but it's really when you get on into the Photoshop shop side of things mm-hmm. and are doing more intricate processes, saving larger layered files, et cetera. Then the megapixels do uh, matter. And, you know, I, I didn't find going from 24 or 36 up to, you know, 45 or 50 to be much of a problem. Where I really found the problem was with the medium format stuff I do where it's 102 megapixels. Yeah. And that was that was definitely choking things. The other thing though is if you do want to use some of the new apps that are out there that have artificial intelligence, like the Topaz stuff that we were just mentioning, mm-hmm. you really do want some horsepower. They require it. Yeah, um, it, it makes a big difference. So here's something that I started noticing. So I I um I had a Mac Pro in 2010. It was one year newer than the one you had, right? The tower, right? And 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 then the Mac Pros didn't get updated for a really long time. Long story short, I needed to get a new computer. So it was 2015, and I decided to get a, an iMac, a 27 inch iMac. Mm-hmm. Um, and it the the writing was on the wall, at least for Apple users, that you were gonna probably have to move things into external drive bays. Because this was the architecture, not just for the iMacs, but also the the Mac Pros and everything. They they no longer were making computers with that big tower case form factor where you could mm-hmm. fill them full of of hard drives, right? So um, th- there's there's pros and cons to it, but the you know the nice thing is if you do have enclosures, it's a pain to to migrate everything over there initially, or it can be. Um, then when you do get a new computer, all you got to do is plug in your, your drives. You, mm-hmm. don't, you, you don't need to worry about it. So I got this iMac, and one of the nice things was it was 27-inch Retina display, very, very nice display, a 5K, good good uh, quality display. Um, and, and I maxed it out. You know, I, I put as much memory into it, and it got the fastest. And that sucker has lasted me almost seven years. I mean, yeah. it's been, been great. But what I started noticing was, like, you've got Lightroom open, you got Photoshop open, you know, things that are starting to eat up some RAM. But really, like, if you start hearing the fans on your computer <laughs> ramping up, when you're doing basic things, like this was trying to do stuff like paint in selections or use the AI tools in the masking in um in uh lightroom Mm -hmm. so much of lightroom's um 
horsepower now can take advantage of your graphics card, what they call the GPU, which is memory and a graphics processor. That if you don't have a good graphics card, things really start taxing your computer's CPU, the, the traditional processor. And I was seeing like screen refresh slowing down and things like that when I was trying to run through things. Uh, exporting files was taking longer, you know, just everything. Um, and even things like plug-in apps mm -hmm. will often yes. take great advantage of the, of the graphics processor unit, the GPU. So the, it, that's become a more and more critical component. It, it really has. be where your old computer is really lacking. Right. Potentially. Now, and, and you could say, well, you know, why not just buy a, you know, better graphics card? You can do that. But the, you know, one thing about upgrading your computer in terms of, not in terms of memory or, you know, the CPU is that you're going to get faster architecture across the board, no matter what kind of computer it is, no matter if it's a PC or a Mac or whatever, you're going to get faster bandwidth memory, you're going to get faster bandwidth um, bus speeds. All of these things are going to improve the overall performance of your computer. It might even give you faster Wi-Fi if you're using a really older computer. It might use a, a newer Wi-Fi protocol or something. So there's these things that that are advantageous. Um, you know, you might move from having USB 2 ports to USB 3 ports or USB-C form factor, for example. All of those things can be really important when, when you're using your total system. So um, what do you really need, though? Like, do you need the fastest computer? Where, where, you know, if you're looking to spec something out, you know, what is what is it that you need? I find that the the CPUs it's not that big of a deal in most cases. No, I I would agree. Um, it's not the thing that really makes or breaks you. I think having adequate memory is important. Mm -hmm. And then again, like we were talking about, um, good healthy GPU configuration. Yeah, I mean that's those, those seem to matter a bit more. And um, and so you can find those. I think the 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 spec that you want to have these days, if you're getting a computer with a separate uh, graphics card arrangement, um, eight gigs of GP of, of graphics card memory is is where you want to be. Eight gigabytes. Um, my I'll previous computer was four. <laughs> well, my previous one was four, and mm -hmm. it was getting taxed. I mean, the GPU itself is better, but the cards that have eight eight gig graphics cards. Um, it doesn't have to be the crazy ones that the gamers use, but but that's these speed up all kinds of things um, nowadays, uh, especially in applications that can take advantage of them. Uh, yeah, that's the and key. one one thing I should mention quickly too is neither of us are video people. True. So we weren't looking to spec out our computers for video. I think they'd be fine. Right, but you could even go overboard with that. That's where you can get yeah. things with crazy and, number of and cores and processing game, cores and we're not gamers i have literally no games on my computers so that wasn't important to me either well so, i was hoping we could log on and play some Fortnite later right yeah or, or whatever is the cool game these days yeah i think i'd rather bang my head against a wall or know. something like that all right well, well i'm not a game person but yeah I'm that's, no fun that's but, a definite advantage of 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 that stuff and you know what you're seeing now these days too is is the shift from single core cpus to multiple core cpus you know it used to be a big deal oh my gosh you know it's four four core chip you know four and now you can get eight ten twenty four 
32 or even crazy numbers, right? Yeah. Depending yeah. on what the thing. Um, so, so you should definitely look at the graphic spec. What about memory? Um, you know, a lot of people look at memory and, and one of the things you have to consider is, is your memory something that you can upgrade and add to later, which, which in those cases, what I've generally done is provisioned my computer from the manufacturer with a minimum amount of memory and then bought the memory myself to install it because it was usually cheaper. Yeah. Or you have the sinister, <laughs> the new Apple model, which I know why they did it, but it's, it is frustrating, which is you have to provision your computer with the, the memory um, at the time of purchase. Um, yeah. And this has to do with the new Apple Silicon architecture. I'll say it's blazing fast, but it does create a, a, th a situation where you're going to be spending more than you probably would have a few years ago um, because you have to provision your computer with with the memory. And I think we both added to 64 gigs of, of memory. Yes. That was yeah. the max that, that, that our particular machines can take. Um, that's usually enough. Uh, 32 mm -hmm. is okay. Uh, yeah. But 16, I don't feel is really no, enough anymore. No, no. 16, not not if you're going to be running something like Lightroom and Photoshop simultaneously and expecting your computer to not have to use swap memory. Yeah. And if you're in that realm of, let's say, 45 to 50 megapixels especially, then I, mm -hmm. I would go for the higher amount of memory. You'll notice here that what we are saying is our recommendation. We are not saying... But I can go out and buy a $500 PC. Well, of course you can, but it won't have any of these things that we're talking about in it. It's going to cost right. you extra somewhere. You want better graphics, better, better, um, more memory, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then what about displays? We've had some different um, experiences yeah. with that. And, and we ended up going different ways on the displays, but I think for good reasons. You know, one of the things I had hooked up to my old Mac Pro were a couple NEC monitors that were nice and that I liked. You know, one was a 27-inch, the other was a 24-inch. They both had good good color gamuts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing that I think is an important clarification is I don't use that desktop computer to display my photos. It's It's in an office room upstairs. It's not where others are. Um, if it was in the main area and I was displaying a bunch of photos, I might look for a different thing, but I was, I really use it to edit photos. And so having a high resolution mm -hmm. monitor, a 5k monitor really didn't matter to me. And actually for me, it was a detriment. And the, and the reason I say it's a detriment is, you know, like my Mac a pro laptop computer has a retina um, display, you know, very high pixel density. It looks beautiful. However, it is really hard to sharpen on hmm. because yeah. of that pixel density. And I can't just sharpen it 100% because I can't even see what's really going on. So what I was having to do is zoom into 200%. But if you zoom into 200%, then the software using you're using has to do some interpolation things mm -hmm. to stuff in some extra pixels. And it means it becomes inaccurate. And if I just went by how it looked in 200% mode, I would over sharpen. So then I had to get into a practice of doing it visually and then backing off X mm -hmm. amount. It was just weird. Hey, but now you use that 
that Topaz plugin, maybe you don't need to worry about it because it's yeah, automatic. Except, except they all you, tend to. You still need to see what it's doing. Yeah, you yeah. still need to take a look at their settings. You do. So my old monitors are great for doing sharpening and proofing and stuff, and that's what I wanted to be able to use. So I mm -hmm. did not buy a new monitor. I just okay. used my older ones, right. and I I love them. They're great. The, the nice thing I will say, I mean, at this point, most people are using some sort of flat panel display. I mean, I think mm -hmm. CRTs have, have gone by. Oh, yeah. You know, the newer ones, they're the, they, that they use LEDs. Um, they don't have backlights in them. They're LED monitors. They're, they don't drift over time in terms of their color. Like, you can profile it today and profile it in two years, and you probably won't see any no, major. There's, there's any, almost no drift. Right. I mean, and that was a CRT problem. I will say the newer displays are a little bit more power efficient, probably. They're a little more energy mm -hmm. efficient. But what yeah. you're really looking for is you, unless you're like really, really concerned about color, you know, you don't need to go out and get a display that is going to be, you know, 99 or 100% of Adobe RGB space. Um, you can do that, but they will, they will set you back a pretty penny. Um, there's plenty of displays that will have like, 97 98% of adobe rgb or the 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 profile or the color space excuse me that the apple displays use which is called p3 and p3 with a d65 you know it's like called you know it's the um, temperature point um these are all good uh you you can find them um as soon as you start getting into anything above 24 inches though you're going to be spending a lot of money so if it's a really cheap monitor and what I mean is if it's really inexpensive, it might be because you want to look at the specs and just see what you're getting. It's not necessarily mean it's bad, but you'll definitely want to check it out. And by the same token, you don't need a $5,000, you know, Azo display. <laughs> you know, you I really don't, don't. I don't think so. I, I In, really, Unless you make really your living don't. doing color calibration, it, you know, there's a million other things that can throw it. Or on, if so. you just have OCD that you can't control. Then right. I guess you give in to it's it. It's okay. But you should look at things like how does it connect if you are buying a new display can, or, or if you're going to use your old display, does it, do you need adapters to connect it to this potential new computer? Because it might not have the, you might need an adapter like, you know, say a Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt port to a display port or something like that. And, or HDMI output or whatever you might have, you've got to just be aware of those things. Um, what about storage? That's another good question because a lot of a lot of newer computers will include an SSD as internal storage. Yeah, and those get expensive if you try to start going above, you know, five hundred gigabyte, five twelve. Yeah, and both of us ended up doing the same thing, which was getting a little bit of an upgrade to the internal SSD, going to a terabyte. Um, but not more than that. And I think our rationale in both cases is that with the stuff that we have loaded up on our computers, we're in that realm of about, oh, 400 or so gig with mm -hmm. all of our apps and stuff like that. So there's still plenty of headroom there, but our images are all stored on external drives that go into enclosures right. like you were talking about earlier. Right. So the internal drive really doesn't have to hold a heck of a lot more. There's room for some growth, but right. know, plenty of it. Um, and the real growth is going to happen on those external drives. Right. I, I guess the exception you could make would be like, let's say you were doing a lot of video editing. 
Mm-hmm. If you had more space in your internal SSD, which tends to be very, very fast, yeah. you could save those files out first very quickly when you when you create the videos and then move them to a to an external drive later so you might want a little more overhead but for the last seven years i've been getting by with a 500 gigabyte boot drive which was just my system utility my system my applications folder and my home folder and -hmm. most everything else was sitting on an external drive and one of the advantages of that is is that like we were saying, you don't have to migrate as much data over, or if something was to get screwed up, you've got your data on external drives that you could plug into a different computer potentially. So yeah. those, those are nice things. Um, so for both of us, we ended up saving a little bit of money on the internal drive. We didn't take it up to two terabytes, which would no. have been an expensive add-on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, we both saved money by not going crazy with the CPU options. Right. In most cases, a base model CPU, um, at least with the Apple products for sure, but, but, you know, just a mid range, um, you know, PC uh, will be fine for everything that we're trying to do. You get more bang for your buck with that graphics acceleration. So I think that's, um, and then there's the way that you have to consider your, your file backup, which is a whole topic, but, you know, we'll just mention it briefly. we both use sort of two forms of backup. There's a local backup that Apple has. It's called Time Machine. I think Windows has something called File History that you can do, um, where you backing where you're backing up critical files to a to an external disk, or or it could be internal, I suppose, but to a separate hard drive than what you're running your computer on, uh, so that if you needed to quickly restore something, you, you can get it back. Um, there's advantages of that. Um, and then we have cloud storage, and I know we both use Backblaze, but there's other ones out there too, mm-hmm. um, designed for backing up and creating um, a historical backup. So not just a copy of your files, but an actual you know, incremental uh, backup. Um, and that's for everything else, for, for, for almost everything else, because I have 11 terabytes of photos. I am not going to get a 12 terabyte disc to try to back everything up to. It's insane to even consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, that would have been a different equation. We might've been putting things on DVDs or, or extra drives or whatever we might've done. I back up everything now to uh, the, the cloud backup service and it works great. Uh, it just, if you don't have fast internet, it can be a problem. But um, there have been times when, it, when I can either download files or if it's a lot they can send you a drive of your files and then you can back them up and restore them and then you can send the drive back and they refund you your money it's it's all a good it's a good operation to have and if you don't have a backup strategy you should really think about it because yeah you know, if you're going to use a computer for seven years you might have a drive die yeah you will um the the one thing with the cloud storage is you ought to understand what your internet uplink speeds are yes and where that really affects stuff is really primarily the initial backup Mm -hmm. that you have to make it can take a while it can take weeks if you're not on super fast internet it certainly can so um that that is the consideration so for for the brief for that moment you might be waiting now once you've got it set up it's really great it's a piece of cake yeah it's very good and and usually what it does is it's only up dating incremental 
changes to your files. So it's not like it has to re-upload. People have asked me, do you just use your iCloud drive, you know, your cloud? I said, no, because it's got to upload the whole file every single time. Mm -hmm. If I put my Lightroom catalog on iCloud drive, I mean, there's a local version of it. Every time it writes a change, it wants to update every single time. And it, it, it completely falls apart to me as a, as a, a viable strategy. Yeah. Um, there's sort of other things you can do, but that's, that's kind of it. So, um, so what computer are we using? <laughs> For anyone wanted to know, we, we both are using the new Mac studios, right? Yeah. And, uh, the base the, model, the max version, not the ultra version. Yeah. Not, not the crazy money one, but the standard, they're, they're not crazy. Money, they're, but... Yeah. They're, they're not inexpensive, but if you can get five, six, seven years out of something, right then then the cost of paying to slightly what you might consider over provisioning your machine today might buy you two or three more years of usable life mm -hmm. um, and that's cheaper than buying an entirely new computer you know that incremental cost of going from 32 to 64 gigs of ram ugh, you know you see that price upgrade and it looks awful but you're going to be glad you had it yeah and, you know, one thing that we're really not going to talk about is Apple versus PC and stuff like that. That's a decision you can make uh, based on what you prefer. We like what we're using. You know, we're both using Mac stuff. Um, but, you know, it's perfectly viable. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say is please do not send us text saying, well, you, what you really should have done is built your own computer from scratch. And that's what I did. And all that's, that's great. If you enjoy it. Good on you. <laughs> I don't <laughs> No, And, and, I don't. and the, the bottom Again, line is we're not IT people outside of the operating system. The software applications that we as photographers use are readily available for both platforms. It's not a problem. And no. if I get on Photoshop on a PC, on a windows machine, fine i can use photoshop there's a few little nuances that are i have mm -hmm. to find stuff in a different place but 99 percent of it is the same so it really doesn't matter what you're using as long as you're happy with it i will just say that i'm incredibly blown away by how fast the new apple um, processors this new architecture that they're running is yeah. incredibly fast it's very very good so um, i'm excited about that but since yeah. I only just got my computer, I have to, I'll have to wait. I haven't tried everything out yet. Yeah. I've had mine for months now and I'm very pleased with it. That's Excellent. exactly what I hope for. Great. Well, that's, and again, that just means it's reliable. It's fast. It works. Yeah. yeah that's it's, it. even, it's even got an SD card reader slot right in the front this time, instead of having <laughs> to reach around the back. So yeah. it's kind of nice. All right. Well, you can, you can, you can air your grievances about, you know, various form factors all you want, but we're happy with our computers. And, you know, hopefully those sort of base guidelines will get you along the way because it's, it's an important component of your digital workflows to have a computer that you don't feel is, is holding you back. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have questions for us, you know where to find us, facebook.com slash image doctors. And we will see you next time with hopefully some infrared pictures from Arizona. Yeah, should be fun. All right. Until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.